WVON is proud to present Her Win Trust, helping women make money moves. This exclusive weekly feature during the Perry Small Show is brought to you by Chicago's Bank, Win Trust Financial. Alrighty then, it's 1138 on the talk in Chicago, 1690 WVON. I want you to gather around your radios. I don't think that, um, I'm sure you know someone who has been through with what our guest has. And through her horrific loss, she has gone into professional grief and trauma life coaching. Uh, reading her story was nothing less than remarkable. Her name is Sarita Talbert. She is the owner of Re360.com, and she's known as Re. Re, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, Miss Perry. I'm blessed. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being willing to tell your story. This is a very tough time for a lot of families that have lost loved ones uh, to senseless violence, or we have to even think about today, uh, COVID. I can't imagine uh, the grief that some families are going through. They've lost three, four, and five uh, family members to COVID-19. You would think it doesn't get worse than that, and none is worse than the other. But tell us our your, our story, where it begins, where um, with you and your son Jalen. Um, well, Jalen was my only child. Um, we lost him on August twenty nine. Actually, it was like a two day process. Um, we were celebrating my father's seventy fifth birthday. And um, lots of family over. He was missing, so of course it was kind of odd. And then later on that evening, received a phone call to come to the hospital, um, at which time I was notified that he had been shot one time in the back of the head. Um, apparently he was lured to like a remote area in University Park. As of today, unfortunately, they've not been able to find anyone. So, um, it's definitely been a journey trying to learn how to grieve mm-hmm. when you really don't have closure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that making candles, creating candles, which I was doing while he was alive, um, kind of is my way of healing and expressing my grief. Um, it keeps me busy, keeps my mind. And the sense also helps to um, not allow me to um, dive into like a depression. Um, so I've since turned that into a business. Um, in the meantime, to understand grief and loss, I did immediately go to a grief counselor. Um, and I did so because unfortunately, 20 years prior, I lost a brother who was on his way to the service and was senselessly killed. So I see my mom, um, a very strong woman, you know, kind of still raised two kids. Um, and then deal with the loss of a son. We never went through trauma counseling. So the first thing my grief counselor asked was, you know, what did you do? And I didn't have an answer. So 
Um, while I was on that path, I did kind of question a lot having a grief counselor um, just because she never herself experienced the loss of a child. Um, so that was always tugging at my heart. And then I just decided to um, do research and take some trauma and counseling uh, classes and certification classes so I can understand it from their point of view, mm-hmm. why they kind of tell us what they tell us. Um, but I also now have firsthand knowledge um, of what that process looks like. So that's um, kind of been my what some people have told me my ministry now. Mm-hmm. So I have been recommended to quite a few people. And I do it transparently to those who've lost children to gun violence because sometimes what we see on TV necessarily isn't how we grieve. Um, I realize that I grieve differently. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, put myself out there to anybody who needs just to talk to someone. Um, I do recommend seeing a grief counselor, but sometimes we're not ready to see a counselor. Um, we just want to talk to someone who's actually been in our shoes. And so that is for me to be out there for other people. There's one thing you'll never hear me say, and I'll never be able to say, and I don't want to be able to say that I know how you feel or that I knew how your um, your mother felt with her loss. Um, I went through some trauma, uh, you know, just within three years, the last three people in my family died. I had a double funeral the last time. But I, but yeah, my uh, my aunt died on August first, no, a July thirty first, and my mother died August second. Had a double funeral and all that, and I knew that you know I thought I was fine and everything, but you know what, I knew that I wasn't fine. So I went back into therapy. Uh, I Mm -hmm. I didn't know about I I knew about grief counseling, but I know knew that I needed something a little bit more intense. Uh, than grief counseling. And I probably could have used grief counseling at the same times. But I noticed um, we as African Americans, especially women, we're supposed to be these strong black women, that yeah. we we grieve silently and by ourselves to the point we mm-hmm. don't even know how to grieve. Uh, you can be angry. You can, all of these feelings are, are legitimate feelings. What do you do, Reed, to make sure that women, black, specifically black women and black men, when they have these kind of losses, that there are um, different ways that you can help heal yourself? Tell us about your healing process after Jalen was assassinated, basically. So tell us, how did you get through that? Um, well, again, first, I, I just instinctively knew I needed help. I knew I needed to talk to someone um, because I knew that not, it was sort of like a deja vu with my brother. Right. And so I just, I just knew for myself that I needed to get help. That's, I, I did. Um, and then second, I learned how to, um, just speak out and ask and then talk. Um, meaning when, you know, we're all on social media, so it was something for me to, of course, put it out there and then people, you know, seeing what happened to him. But 
for as much as I've always posted me having my good days, mm-hmm. me living life, you know, bright and just viciously, I made I put on there when I was having my low days. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's not even days. It could be moments. <laughs> and I right. think that's what we have to learn is that we can have a great day and something can trigger us, mm-hmm. whether known or unknown, and to feel the feel those emotions instead of suppressing them. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been very vocal. <laughs> Again, so for me, I had the... I don't know if it's the word pleasant I want to use, Mm -hmm. but I had the choice or the decision of pulling the plug. So, like I said, he was shot on my father's birthday. Right. I didn't want that to be my son's death date. And so on the 30th, the next day, is when he kind of still cold-blooded a few times. And he was pretty much brain dead Mm -hmm. um, that I decided to make the decision and it, I just had peace. I talked to him. I talked to God. Mm-hmm. And once I had peace, then I was able to go ahead and get the family, be around him, make the knot. But I found that I was very calm. I think I was more concerned in that moment about everybody else. That right. If I lost it, everybody else would have lost it. So I had to have a sense of control, that quote-unquote strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you see things on media you see someone kind of throwing themselves they're all over the place that's not really how i felt so i felt very conflicted Mm -hmm. um did i love him enough did i not pray enough you know so going to grief counseling to express those um fears that i had about my emotions and then learning that that's how i feel i can't compare it to what i see think or perceive this is how i feel and then the more i talk to other women who unfortunately, you know, kind of, because now we're in the secret society, but it's open now, um, that we share amongst ourselves, it's, you can have depressive moments, you can have depressive days, but is that how our child or or how our loved one will really want us to live? So what can we do to be beneficial? Because we still have families. Um, Six months after my son passed away, I found out that he had a son that he had not met. And when I say he's been the love of my life and my lifeline. Oh, my goodness. So now I have something. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> let me ask you this. <laughs> so, Re, let me ask you this, because you're talking about yes, being ma'am. this very strong black woman. How did your dad take all of this, and did he go through grief counseling with you? So, no. Um, and that's a good question because my mission is to work more with men like my son's father um to check up on them a lot more and to ask questions um with my brother my father showed up to the first day of court because they caught the gentleman who killed my brother immediately Mm -hmm. um and he just couldn't do it and i realized that my parents never talked about my brother i mean my I have a younger brother and I and our family. We bring him up all the time. We talk about him. But we never had deep discussions about my brother or how they felt about the loss. Um, I think it wasn't until my son passed away, so now you have a grandchild, Mm -hmm. that he's a little bit more open to talk and get emotional and be transparent in his feelings. Um, He's 80, still vibrant, but Mm -hmm. he's not in that 70s 
upset to want to go to counseling, but just to talk about it right. makes me feel good because it's all those years of pent up, I'm sure, feelings from the loss of my brother. Right. That because I'm so vocal, my family can't help, we can't help but talk about my son because I talk about him all the time, just about how I feel. And when I go through my emotions, they do. My mom is still a little quiet, mm-hmm. um, but I think, you know, as time, it's kind of softened them. So I've yet to see them really cry. Mm. I cry all the time. Right. Um, but at least they're a lot more emotional in which they speak about the loss of their son, my brother. Um, and that's something, like I said, I wanted to do more of this year was really talk to my son's father to see how he's doing um, because we always think of the mother, how she's doing X, Y, Z, but you're right. We don't really um, ask the men how they feel, what they're dealing with, so they could get into counseling because, you know, they silently suffer as well. You know what I find so amazing is that you use two of the most tragic events anybody could go through, um, the loss of a brother and then, um, you know, and then have another, uh, have a son, a loss to senseless violence. I don't know where you pulled the strength. But what I will say is that you did something rather remarkable. You realized that it is needed to have grief counseling and then also how to become a life coach, how to bring people out of this darkness. And I'm sure some people be like, oh, my God, how could she do this? you know, after these losses. Listen, God put this on your plate Mm -hmm. so that you could help other people. You don't have to help people for free. You don't have to do that. And for you to do this and provide this service, your services are just as much needed as a Ph.D. or anybody else. Uh, Sometimes, yes, sometimes people don't um, feel comfortable being around folks that have a bunch of letters um, after, their, their, uh, after their names. But because this is so very real to you, that you can actually relate to another human being who has lost mm-hmm. someone like this, that's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. And so... And I want to say, Perry, sure. I'm sorry. I, I want to say, I think, when you asked me where I draw strength... I legitimately have to go back to when my brother passed away, we were at the sentencing and my mother had to give a victim's impact statement. And it was something that she said then, and it got seated in me very early. And I say, that's probably where my strength comes from since it's been rooted for over 20 years. She turned to the guys and their families and she said, I've been across from you all for like 13, 14 months. She had the date and the time frame, like down to the, day um and she said you all killed my son not once did you all look across the aisle here and say i'm sorry i apologize but that's okay i forgive you because if i don't that means that you killed me too and that means you take me from my children and i'm not going to let you do that and i was 21 22 at the time Mm -hmm. so i heard it i felt it but I didn't realize how rooted and applicable it would be, how I live my life, and then 
having to deal with it 20 years later. And for the record, I just happened, the year that I met my grandson, which was two years ago in 2017, That's a 18, joy. Um, I was at Brown Sugar Bakery with Stephanie oh. picking up his birthday cake. <laughs> yeah, she, she made all of my cakes for my son. And so, of course, by tradition, I had her to make my grandson's cake. And long story short, there was a gentleman sitting there, and I felt an urge like I know him from somewhere. And I spoke, very pleasant, and then come to find out like two days later, because it was really heavy on my mind, he was the actual guy who shot my brother. And so I arranged with Stephanie to meet with him, and we did back at her bakery. And I got a chance to, as soon as he walked in, I just hugged him. I just hugged him. And we sat down and we talked. And so... As life has oh, it. Oh, you're a good um, one. With COVID and stuff. <laughs> oh, you're a good one. You're a good He's one. He's yet to sit down with my parents yet because of everything else that's going on. Um, but, of course, I told my parents and said that he said that he would like to sit with you all and um, let you all know what happened. So it put a lot of stuff in perspective because, of course, when you go to court, you can't they can't say certain stuff, of right. course. But it had been heavy on his heart, his mind, and we did say that we ran into each other like three years prior at Home Depot and didn't realize that it was, we just kind of stared at each other, and I just was like, gosh, he seems so familiar, but couldn't place him. And then, again, three years later, I, you know, ran into him, and Stephanie was able to make that connection. So my goal is part of my healing, especially for my parents, is to have him sit down and face my parents and he's in a space where he wants to do that but we got to wait until COVID is over so let me ask you this how did you monetize this how did you make this into a business um because I, I I wouldn't think of it as just a business but it is a passion do I have it right is this a passion for you it is as they say I've turned my pain into purpose so how did you um, how did how did you monetize this? So the candles initially my one of my tax clients put me onto candles and then I started making them. And then like I said, part of my grieving became I gotta do something. I can't sit in the house. He's not here, I'm here by myself. The head can you know, it's a battle mentally that you go through. How, what can I do? So I just started creating candles, creating candles for friends and family. And just, I have a flower pot. That flower pot's going to turn into a candle. Um, to the point where people, especially some of my tax clients, they would come inquire. And that just kind of how it evolved. Um, I did kind of slow down because it was, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think this is what I want to do. But, you know, so is God's plan for me. He's like, no, do it. So, I create my candles. 21% goes back to um, the Talbot Memorial Fund that my brother and I started in honor and for the legacy of my brother and my son, right. um, in which we were going to do a Black Men's Wellness Expo mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this year. However, because of COVID, that could not happen. So we're looking forward to doing that next year. So there's a purpose behind the candles and why I create them. Um, and then I have healing bracelets. Um, crystal bracelets, you know, each stone represents something to help calm you with your anxiety, with grief, with loss. Um, 
So me creating is my way of healing. So is Stephanie a mentor of yours? I love, and she says, we love us. I love Stephanie. Stephanie has been in my life since I first tasted one of her orgasmatic cupcakes. Um, But yes, Stephanie is, she's definitely a mentor in my life. Her her energy, her passion. um, And like I said, she was there for just about every occasion in my life right um through her gift of making products so yeah i love me some stephanie so did, okay so did i hear you say that you are um a tax preparer by trade for the most part yeah that's um two decades and it started off as a side hustle and then i lost my job from tribune i was in corporate treasury and finance and I lost my job in 2008 when the market yes. was all over the place. Right. And so my side hustle became my full-time hustle. Um, and my tax clients have just been ride or dies. They've stuck with me. We've gone through divorces together. We've gone through births together. We've right. gone through deaths together. So I am, and I tell them all the time, I'm extremely blessed for my tax so um, let me ask you every this. Year. Do you think mm-hmm. that everybody should have something on the side that we cannot depend in this kind of climate and environment that is black women and black men or whoever, that we should always have a backup to everything that we do because we never know what's going to happen? I mean, let's just take the pandemic as an example. Oh, absolutely. I probably wouldn't be in a comfortable. Um, my friend Christy told me, like, to have a pandemic, to have this is a pandemic, it's a prosperous demic. Mm-hmm. So while some people have struggled, I've, God is my witness, and He as my CEO of my life mm-hmm. has kept me in a position where I've been able to take my side businesses. I'm a notary as well. Oh, and gosh. so. Business, yeah. You're an A-type personality. (laughs) (laughs) People like you scare me. (laughs) But it's easy. It's easy. I'm just finishing up my notary resource guide to teach or to do Zoom classes in 2021 on how to become a notary. Um, Basically, how to turn just taking signatures into six figures because as a notary, you can make almost six figures. And people don't realize it. Um. So it's small stuff, you know, that people don't even think the like the logistics behind life that we need in order, you know, to continue to um, thrive as a community, you know, and as a country financially. You are such an inspiration, Ree. Um, you're a grief and trauma coach. Uh, the name of the company is Re360. Where can we go online to find out more about what you're doing? Um, so for Re360, the candles, and for those who want to speak to a grief and um, trauma life coach, you could go to re, rhee360.com. Um, on there are links definitely to our foundation, our Tabor Memorial Fund, and to Jalen's Journey, which talks about more of what your proceeds helps to fund. And then for those who need tax or business services or um, consulting on how to start a business, you could go to Sarita, S-Y-R-E-E-T-A dot biz. 
um, or find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sarita. All right, then. I wish you nothing but the best. What an honor it was to meet you today. I am so inspired by you. Thank you, Ms. Perry, for the opportunity. Yeah, I am so inspired by your story. And the only thing I keep thinking about is your is your grand, your father and mother. I'm telling you, it's just like, how does a grandfather, <laughs> I mean, how do two people go through this, not only with their son, but their grandson? And have you been able to help your, you think you have been able to positively help your um, your mom and dad? Oh, absolutely. Look, while we've been on the phone, my mom snuck in my house. She's always kind of trying to find things in my house to do. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah, I think having my grandson around um, keeps her and my father um, busy. And my son was sort of like a replica of my brother. And now my grandson, who looks exactly like my son, mm-hmm. is like the two of them combined. So oh, it, wow. it, it frightens you sometimes because of the similarities, and he never met either one. Oh, so sometimes. And how old is your grandson both. now? How old is he? Oh, my my love is five. Oh, that is so sweet. Listen, Sarita, thank you so much for joining us. Next time you see Stephanie, tell her I love her because uh, I miss her, too. She's a boss, and I couldn't think of a better mentor for you.